Hi everyone and welcome to our DevOps for non-DevOps podcast. I'm Lina, your host for today, and joining me today, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Lina. How are you? I'm great. It's a girl power podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so every time I walk in the office, I hear the word Kubernetes. So I want to talk about Kubernetes today. So explain me a little bit about Kubernetes in your simplest way. Well, I'm really glad we're touching the subject since it is one of the most used buzzwords in our world, in the DevOps world. And actually, it is important to understand that it is a complicated concept. And it is one of the latest subjects that we are teaching in our bootcamp here in Develop. Mm-hmm. since it requires so much prior knowledge. And I hope I can make it a bit clearer when I start by explaining why do we need it anyway. And in order to explain it, I would like to take you on a small journey of an aspiring chef. Mm, interesting. Before the lunch, yeah, I will be hungry. Exactly. That's <laughs> the best time to talk about it. So let's say we have an aspiring chef. And they have opened a small restaurant in their neighborhood, a really small one. Um, they're cooking some stuff and it's going well. Um, everyone is coming to this restaurant. They love it and business is going well. And at some point in time, this chef understands that it gets a bit overwhelming. And there are so many orders and they just can't take it up. So they decide to open a bigger restaurant. But our chef is a chef, not really a business mogul, and they don't know how to actually manage the restaurant, when to call more chefs, when to hire more staff, when to expand the actual building of the restaurant. And how to give these chefs an actual cookbook, which they can use to get out the best precise orders that they can, right? Because if you go to a restaurant, you are imagining yourself, you know, that dish that you ate the other day and you want exactly that dish, but today is a different chef. How would they know what to cook? So we need someone to manage all of this conundrum. All right, and that is Kubernetes, our restaurant manager. Okay, so we're opening a bigger restaurant in a small town. Or a big town, why not? And the manager that we are hiring is Kubernetes. Exactly. Okay, and what is this manager do? Well, the thing is that Kubernetes, again, is a huge concept. And it is very layered. And in order to understand it as a whole, mm-hmm. we need to understand it from the bottom, right? We need to understand the most basic resource mm-hmm. and then go up from there. And I promise you that in the end, it will all make sense. <laughs> and in the end, you will have the best restaurant ever. <laughs> the most efficient one, the, the tastiest one. You will always have the exact same dishes and they will be tasty 100% of the time. 
Okay, so what are the basics? Okay, so we have the most basic component, which is a Kubernetes pod. We can say that a pod is like a workstation for the chef. If I remember correctly, we here in Develop already recorded an episode about Docker mm-hmm. in which we explained what containers are. Yes. So here in our metaphor, containers are the chefs. Okay. okay. The chefs are applications, are containers, and they need a workstation, right? This is where they work. Mm-hmm. In this workstation, they have their tools, they have their ingredients. So these workstations are actually the pods. So pods are workstations. Now we have a concept above it, all right? Where do these pods run? They run on nodes. Nodes in our restaurants are like the physical restaurant, okay? Like the physical kitchen mm-hmm. is a node. So we have the pods that are the workstations and the nodes that are the, the physical restaurant, the kitchen, the dining area. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Now we can have worker nodes and we can have master nodes. Worker nodes are, again, like the physical areas because nodes are physical servers or virtual servers. Now we have these areas in our restaurant And the worker nodes are the nodes in which the actual work happens, like the kitchen. And the master nodes are nodes which are required for managing and all the management is happening in them, like the, man- the, like office. the office, exactly, okay. like the office or the main, I forgot how it's called, you know, like they have this little station in each restaurant where all the, um, where all the waiters are. Are going to like that main station okay that that's like a, also another master node okay all right so we have these nodes all right and pods which are running on our nodes again our workstations which are in our physical um, kitchen and this is all in the restaurant which is our kubernetes cluster okay all right so up until now we have this whole cluster of Okay, so this is how it's you know physically looks like this is the architecture mm-hmm. but why is it better than running on servers like we did like we always did or running on containers or using docker compose which is which might be for another episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay um so how is this better all right you're sa- you're telling me why is this better restaurant manager better than my uncle all right <laughs> what, what are they doing better mm-hmm. the thing with kubernetes is that it knows how to scale all right and that that is the crucial point let's say we have a rush hour and we have tons of orders incoming and what happens now we need to call more chefs all right but they don't have enough available workstations so here our restaurant manager knows to magically call this magical teleport <laughs> which magically creates more workstations how does this magic works 
Well, in Kubernetes, it is called HPA, or Horizontal Pod Autoscaling. What is it? I know these are some <laughs> scary, scary words. <laughs> um, horizontal Pod Autoscaling in Kubernetes, like in our restaurant metaphor, is about adjusting the number of workstations, which are the pods in Kubernetes, horizontally, which means increasing or decreasing the quantity of them rather than changing their size or capacity. So okay. if I have the station, I'm not, you know, making it wider so it will contain two chefs, but I'm creating another station with mm -hmm. the same tools. So this is what Kubernetes does when we have some problem with the capacity of the restaurant. Exactly. Okay. You see, now you're a DevOps. <laughs> <laughs> so... Now that we know that we have a higher workload or a smaller workload, okay, mm -hmm. like we have some decrease slow day, it will also know to decrease the number of stations, mm -hmm. which will take less resources. And in real world terms, we would pay less money <laughs> to hold these stations. Mm -hmm. And it might be something that people will care about, you mm -hmm. know, not wasting it all. So it's very customized to the situation of the restaurant, of the needs. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So when the restaurant is getting busy, it will get more workstations, mm -hmm. which means more pods and more nodes, which are actual physical, physical. space. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like more kitchens if mm -hmm. needed, which will have the same workstations, etc., etc. Okay, so now if we are talking about our real world, the DevOps world, so how we use Kubernetes, for what we use Kubernetes, if I have an application, what Kubernetes does? If you have an application, whether it is already running or not, if you want to be ready for a changing number of users, of requests, mm -hmm. it is best to use Kubernetes because it will scale appropriately and it will adjust the resources of your application. So your users will not have to experience lagging or, you know, just out of service mm -hmm. <laughs> issues, mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, and not only on this side, that what happens if I have a lot of users coming in on the, or a lot of requests coming in? What happens if it's actually a slow day? I don't know. You know, there are some companies that their product is more of a lifestyle product and people usually use it around Saturdays. Mm -hmm. So other days of the week are slow mm -hmm. or specifically in daytime hours people will use it more but at night they will use it less so mm -hmm. what happens when people use it less it can also scale down mm -hmm. and save you a lot of money you will spend on resources because you know a lot of years ago and i mean a lot <laughs> um 20 i think okay something like that even more about 20 years ago Applications were running on servers, all right? And servers were actual computers you had in your office. Mm -hmm. 
so you had a physical computer in your office and if you wanted to scale up your application because you have more users you had to actually go and buy a new computer mm-hmm. have someone set it up in your office and then you know after setting up the computer for you know for just to start to work then you have to install all the things you need for your application on that computer in order for it to run and only then you you will also need to connect it Mm-hmm. to the internet so people could have access to it well and it somehow also needs to communicate with the computer sitting right next to it <laughs> so all of this today is done seamlessly magically by, uh, exactly just <laughs> magically not only by kubernetes but also mm-hmm. by a lot of other concepts which may be for our episode just saying <laughs> you know like the cloud mm-hmm. for example yeah Okay, so I have a question. Right now, I'm recruiting senior DevOps for Develop, Good if you're luck. looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm asking the candidates if they worked with Kubernetes. There are people that say that they actually build the Kubernetes cluster in their work. And there are people that just maintaining the the kubernetes so i'm thinking what i need to ask the candidate to understand more if their knowledge is good enough or not well first of all i think to go in depth in the knowledge area is something for you know the technical recruiters mm-hmm. but to answer the question of how someone with no technical like in-depth technical knowledge mm-hmm. can know if someone actually has um, experience with kubernetes I think it would be best to ask them to describe their experience with kubernetes in their own words and you might want to look for specific projects mm-hmm. or roles that they've uh, in which they've used it and you can ask them what was their experience biggest challenge when maintaining a kubernetes cluster mm-hmm. all right and you should look for um teamwork i would say mm-hmm. um, because that is a huge part of kubernetes i personally think you cannot maintain a huge workload okay a small workload maybe but a huge workload you will most probably not be able to maintain it yourself mm-hmm That is why uh, teamwork is crucial here, and I would look for it in their answers. Because if they did work with huge workloads, mm-hmm. they would have to rely on some other team members to do other things. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm not going like really yeah. into technical depth here. And that is something that is crucial to see, mm-hmm. because if you will have someone that actually works worked um, on a cluster maintained it then they would most probably have worked within a team mm-hmm. and probably had a lot of challenges and yeah. stepping on each other toes that happens a lot mm-hmm. and for example like what happened during a downtime how mm-hmm. did they handle it did they have mm-hmm. any downtime and um, That's it, I think. Okay. Thank you. 
Thank you, Chris. It was very interesting. Well, thank you for having me. It made me very hungry, so I'm going to eat now. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you very much. And I hope to see you again in other episodes. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.